This is From the Envelope of Suicides, a study of the will to die and the will to live. Episode 8, Supposed to Be. Eric Geyer died in his sleep one year ago. He was just 44 years old, and he was my friend since we were 10. He was my only friend the year we met, and we were always friends since then. I admired him. I met him in the fifth grade, and we became friends pretty quickly, I think. I used to forget how we met, and he would always remind me. At recess, a large group of boys used to split into teams and play soccer, but within five minutes, the whole thing would devolve into a savage mass of pushing and kicking boys. Someone would yell, rugby, and he'd pick up the ball and run away and everyone would try to tackle him. And Eric and I would back away in fear and disgust and wander over to the other side of the playground and spend the rest of recess talking. He's had to remind me of that several times over the years. I don't know why I'd forget it, and I'm sorry I did. I won't forget it ever again. I was a weird kid. I was always off in the corner and up in my head, imagining I was somewhere else, doing something else, sometime in the future. And he was a weird kid too, but he was so here, so full of creative energy, so eager to do something or make something right now. His commitment amazed me. I was always kind of holding myself back from things that might disappoint me, and he would just jump right in. After college, he decided that he would live entirely off of his creative work, which is damn hard to do. So he hustled hard. He wrote tons of songs, and he called hundreds of bars and coffee shops and small towns all over the country to book gigs that would pay him very little, but he could sell his tapes and his CDs there. And then he'd go on tours across Texas or across the Midwest or across New England. He hosted regular open mic nights in San Antonio, and they were great. He wrote plays, and he sold the rights to produce them to little theater companies across the country. One time he was driving up to visit me in Portland, so of course he set up a tour for himself on the way up and another tour on the way back so we could make enough money to cover the cost of the trip. He told me to meet him in Bandon, a small town on the southern Oregon coast. He told me to meet him at the VFW hall. And when I got there, there was a sign out front that said, Eric Geyer Night, and the place was packed. The evening started with two local actors doing one of his one-act plays. Then Eric played an acoustic set. And then the whole town lined up in the back of the hall for a taco buffet. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And that was the kind of guy that he could be. But if you listen closely, beneath the charm and the bravado, his songs from his 20s said that he had a little problem getting out of bed. He was tired of being himself. He'd tried believing what people believed in, and he kept wishing something would happen to him. He tried to grab some things he used to have, and he's sorry about what you put him through. It's like suicide when he fell right into you. All he ever wished for was just a little more care to give, to take or share. It's amazing to think he was anything but
The closer he'd get to one other person, the more that he felt out of touch. But how would he know that you were on his side? What? What do you want from him? He was never quite enough to live enough. Everyone struck fear into his heart. He never thought he'd live in a place that looked like this. And it's hard to hang on when you know what he knows and you've carried on too long. So take a walk through a business park, pull a gun at a strip mall. Why should he care anymore? Why should he care anymore? How can you sleep anymore when you know what he knows? You can't be everything to everyone. But you jumped off the bridge and he watched you. You almost drowned. There are some doors that we can't fit through. Hard to say. You're not him, and he's not you. In the year 2000, Eric became a teacher, and not long after that, he stopped writing songs. He taught middle school and high school drama, speech, and debate, and I think he was surprised by how teaching gave him a center of meaning. He'd gotten stuck in his life, and teaching gave him a way to make things better. He committed himself entirely to it, and he was great at it. He always talked about how creative his students were, how hard they worked, how good they were to each other, and how amazing it was to watch them come into themselves as people and to accept and value their idiosyncrasies. He'd tell me about all of this as if he were just witnessing it, instead of him being the one who'd inspired it and coaxed it from kids who were maybe awkward and self-conscious or maybe just withdrawn, up in their heads, and reluctant to commit. He was the one who'd helped bring that forth from hundreds of kids, and he focused his life on that. Now, instead of driving by himself to St. Louis and back to play several gigs, he was driving a van full of kids to a tournament in Dallas, or he was in a bus full of kids on their way once again to one-act state. He poured most of his weekends into it. He stopped writing music, and he poured his creativity into this. It meant more than just about everything to him, and he did it for 14 years. When he stopped teaching, he pulled back from the world. And it broke my heart to see him, of all people, disengage from life. So I nagged him to play music again. He was so good at it, and it used to mean so much. He'd stopped singing a long time ago, he said, because he had nothing left to say. It took him 14 or 15 years from when he'd put his guitar down after he started teaching through to a few years after he quit his job. 14 or 15 years for him to pick his guitar back up again. He finally had something again that he had to say. Eric Geyer died in his sleep one year ago. He was my friend, and I couldn't save him. This was the song he sent to me and to another friend two months before he died. Crappy beer and cheap burger. 
From the Envelope of Suicides by Ben Morad. Sound and theme music by Wilson Vadiner and Courtney Sheedy. The song Supposed to Be was written and performed by Eric Geyer and was used here with the permission of his family. For information on the Eric Geyer Memorial Scholarship Fund, please visit tilfoundation.org. If you are considering suicide, please stop for a moment and look at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Think about it. At that site, you can find resources and how to contact someone who can help you talk things out. That's suicidepreventionlifeline.org, or you can call them at 1-800-273-TALK. For more about this project, including notes on this episode, please visit envelopeofsuicides.com and follow at Ben Morad. I'm Stephanie Barr. Thank you.